0: Chapter six, I'm, verse ten. Verse ten. We're learning about appreciating the things that God. I'm going to talk about the goodness of God today. Okay. I can go back in my life, and I can plant. I can tell you things that, if God wouldn't have been there, I'd have, have made it. The goodness of God prepares us for a life of worship. Now listen, that's the important part, because that's what he wants us to do today, all right? When you remember how good God has been to you, and what he has brought you through, I say it often, I'm going to say it again, you could be in a hospital this morning, but you're not. You can be in a funeral home, you could be dying of cancer, disease, but you're not. And they got some dear brothers and sisters that are sick and going, it don't mean that God is forsooking them, but for you, to hear this day, that are here this day, how many times do we have a focus upon what God done for us? I want to remember when the Israelites were going through the promised land, while well, they were in the wilderness 40 years, and their whole thing was, they started complaining about everything, everything, everything. And before they went into the promised land, they had, remember, they had rejected God. When, when, when Moses said, y'all go possess the land, he said, there's too many giants in there. There's too many people are mighty. We can't do it. And God got angry with them because they wouldn't go forward because they saw the giants. And he saw the, 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 uh, the problems they might have trying to take over the land. And God got angry. He said, y'all, not, none of y'all is going to get in. Y'all going to dwell in this wilderness for 40 years. And your children, but none of you going to go in because you didn't believe. You know, you look at stuff like that and you say, what's wrong with people? They had saw Pharaoh open, uh, uh, you know, what they did with Pharaoh. He saw he parted into the Red Sea. He saw all of that. He saw the the, the plagues in Egypt that God had brought these people out of this place, but yet they would not believe God. They wouldn't trust him. Now they, they made their 40 years. The old people had died off, and all of a sudden they're coming back to the promised land. And God told him, he said, look, you're going into that place. He said, but you won't have to plant one tree. You won't have to build one house. Everything's going to be there for you. Everything's going to be prepared for you. Do not forget what God has done for you. Because the minute you forget it, your enemy is going to come and destroy you. Right. See, we, we, we get comfortable sometimes. Christian. Oh, I got some money in my account. I, I got a big house. I got everything going good. You know, and all of a sudden we get comfortable. I don't need to pray as much no more. And I don't need to read my Bible. I didn't go to church. You know, we always get these excuses. It's going too good now. God, you know, we, we, we forget what God has done for us. The goodness of God is the source of our strength. Because if God has done it, Man hasn't done it. God has done it. When you, you're here today, you're blessed. God has blessed you and, you, and you're going forward. God has done that for you. You're not guided by your own power, by your own wealth, your own strength. You got it from the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Huh? God is still God. He's the one that provides. So, verse 10, so shall I be when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to you, your father. i mean, from the New King James, okay? To Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a large and beautiful cities, which you did not build, houses full of good things, which you did not fill, Uh, you now wells, which you did not dig. Now listen, you didn't do none of this stuff. I'm going to give it to you, right? I'm going to give it to you. It's all ready. I prepared it. He's used the heathens to make a way for you. The wealth of the wicked, the Bible says, are laid up for the just. So if the wicked are preparing, listen, we look at the wicked. Why are they getting all this stuff? Well, one day it's going to belong to you. Come on, somebody. One day it's going to belong to you. Everything that's being prepared right now is going to be for the believer. Come on. Don't envy the wicked because they're only enjoying their life on this earth now. If they don't get saved, they'll spend eternity without God, eternal judgment, right? But for us, it says that vineyards and olive, uh, olive trees, which you did not, you did not dig, vineyards and olive which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then, then, beware lest you forget the Lord. Who has brought you out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him, and shall take oaths to his name, other words, pledge your life to him. Serve him with your heart. Make it make a, a vow to him. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are all around you. For the Lord your God is a what? Jealous God. Jealous God. I said, God is a jealous God. He's not going to share you with anybody. Listen, when we start putting things in the place of God, he's jealous. I love my wife. Ain't nobody going to touch her. Listen, I'm a Christian. I'm, but I love the Lord. But if, I don't, if somebody puts their hands on her, we're going to fight. Come on, somebody. Don't you get angry when somebody looks at your husband or your wife a strange way? You know, are you jealous? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you're jealous. How dare he or her do that? Don't you know who she belongs to or he belongs to? And listen, for you, you, you just ain't if you ain't got no fight in you, you're gonna wanna fight. Amen? You're jealous. Like uh remember the on uh, said on the hillbilly, you're jealous. <laughs> You're jealous, God is jealous. I thought jealousy was a sin. No, not always. Come on, God is jealous over you, He doesn't want you to worship, praise, or put your eyes on anything but Him. It could be a football team, it could be a car, it could be a <laughs> anything. Whatever gets in the way of Him is sin. And where we spend more time is where we spend more, most of our heart is where we worship. Uh-oh. I, listen, I'm telling you right now, a Christian has to worship. A Christian has to believe God. A Christian has to love the Lord. A Christian has to lift his hands and honor and in reverence to the Lord. Listen, if you, if you don't got that in, you better see, check something out. We need to honor the Lord. We need to honor God. I feel great when I worship. Seriously, when I can worship God and hear his voice like this morning, the little things he tells me, it just draws a spirit of worship out of me. When he says, Lanny, I want my, I want worship on me. Yes, sir. Lord, I want, I want, I want me to be worshiped. Give my, give him the praise and glory because he is the God of this church. He is the God of our lives. He's the God of this ministry. And I, and, and I'm hoping he's the God of your life. What else is there? Y'all, seriously, what, well, look at the world. You got something you want to worship out there? No. I don't want to mess around with this world anymore. The Bible says, "Come, be separated. Come out from among them and be separated, said the Lord. Listen, nothing wrong. We all got to work. We got jobs. We got people we meet every day. We go to Walmart. We do all kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? But if our heart is for the things that are not right, the things that are not just, If we take more pleasure, if we can sit in front of a television set for two hours and can't seek God for 15 minutes, we got a problem. We need to honor God with our lives, right? He's a jealous God. He's a good God, but he's a jealous God. And listen, when God got jealous, when he destroyed the times and days of Noah, people were worshiping idols. They had turned their heart. to eight people on the whole planet, Noah. His wife, his son's wives, and his sons, eight people were the only people found to worship God out of millions. There was probably millions at that time. And he couldn't find but eight people. Eight people? Eight people? (laughs) God is calling us to worship, for he is good. We're going to enjoy the goodness of God if we learn to worship Now, I want to show you something. And the Lord spoke to me this morning. Listen, I I got into some stuff this morning where I I was questioning God. I'm going to be honest. I didn't understand. But he brought some scriptures to me this morning that, that opened my heart. You know, sometimes we're unfaithful, right? Honestly. Sometimes we don't do everything just like he wants us to do it. Anybody perfect in here yet? And I'm not justifying, you know, imperfection. But he knows the human heart, right? He knows what the human heart wants. I'm talking about the flesh. I'm talking about the the flesh, the the, the spirit of man, the the, the human desires, okay. But he spoke to my heart. He said, son, when you're not faithful, I am. I said, Lord, God, wait a minute. When I mess up, your faithfulness is still there? I'm going to show you that scripture. I never, and it just opened my eyes to a a new thing with the Lord. Don't believe I'm justifying sin in any way or form. That's not what I'm saying. But when we are unfaithful, his faithfulness is still there. Because I try, I say, God, how? I'm, I sin sometimes. I fail you sometimes, God. When you're going to repent, I'm still, I'm, my, my covenant is still there. My faithfulness, my promise to you has never, ever went away. See, sometimes we drift away. Come on, somebody. We drift away, we find ourselves in a, in a dark alley somewhere, and, we, and we, you feel like God's a million miles away. But how powerful is God's faithfulness to you? When you got born again, you just didn't accept Christ as your Savior. A whole slew of promises came with that commitment to Christ. Can you, are you listening this morning? I'm going to show you something this morning. When I got born again, there's a lot of things that came with that salvation. I was adopted into the kingdom of God. I became God's child or daughter. I became someone that God adopted. You know right now if you adopt a child. Adopt a child got sometimes more rights than a a natural child. That's hard to believe. But in some cases. In some states it is. Because that child was given to you. You adopted that child. Now that child is under your control. And you're responsible for it. Now. Let me me just read these scriptures to you, okay, today. Okay, so you can write them down so we can go good, okay? This is God speaking. In Isaiah 57, no, no, 54 verse 9 and 10. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. Remember I told you about Noah? Noah prepared an ark for his house. When the floods came, the only one who was above the flood was Noah. The Lord spoke to Noah and said, Noah, come thou into the ark. He didn't go in the ark. He said, come thou into the ark. Where does God have to say to come, say, come in? He was in the ark. You ever thought about that? You think God was leaving Noah riding in floods and by himself? He, listen, praise God, I feel it. When you're going through trials, when you're facing a storm, or a flood, God is there with you. He doesn't just take off to heaven and leave you by yourself. He says he never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you always. That's a promise. That is a covenant. See, when we mess up, that doesn't change God's mind. Come on, somebody. I'm gonna show you in a minute. Now you can backslide on God and, and drift away from the promises of God. That's your choice. But for those that go through it, and listen, you know, I've, I've been through some battles. I went some ups and downs in my life. Thank God he never left me when I was down. Come on, Jesus. Thank God he never left me when I was on the bottom. Thank God he kept speaking to me. Lanny, Lanny, hearing that, that, that small, still voice of the Lord. I want to encourage you today. Don't think because you're going through something this morning that God has left you. He hasn't. God doesn't change his mind. Come on, somebody. God, God's word is settled. It doesn't, it doesn't change. If you come to Christ, you are his child. And with that comes all these promises of his great blessings on your life. Yeah, we're going to go through trials. Did he ever promise you wouldn't you wouldn't face troubles and problems? If 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 you just came, if you came to the Lord and God gave you everything you wanted, you know what you'd be? A spoiled baby. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, 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 gimme. I want it, Lord. I want it. it. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give Listen, you ain't never going to grow like that. Come on. Come on, somebody. Let's take a little baby. Just say you put a little baby. I don't know, a month old. And let it sit there and feed it, and feed it 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 and feed it. You know what? You can have a fat baby that don't know how to walk. Come on. Too much weight to get up. To take steps. Hmm? Listen, I tell you. Listen, I listen. I, you can't give that little baby meat, right? He don't got no teeth. I said that one time. I said it doesn't. The baby has to learn to chew. He has to learn to eat. I look pretty stupid up here with a big bottle in my mouth, huh? <laughs> It would be it would be it wouldn't be natural. <laughs> but you, it's true. Seriously. It doesn't make any sense. Well, are you a pastor? You're not supposed to be sucking a bottle. You've been in this thing 40 years, man. What's the matter with you? I like milk, all right? <laughs> Milk is good, but it's, man, give me some graton, and some pork chops. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. I learned to eat that stuff. Sometimes a little too much, but, <laughs> but anyway, he said, Noah, well, he's talking about Noah and Isaiah. For this is like the waters of Noah unto me, for as I swore or promised or made an oath, that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth. Now listen to this. He told Noah, made a promise to Noah, I am not going to destroy the earth ever for man's sake. Because man's heart is evil continually. He made a covenant with Noah. In the book of Isaiah, he's remembering or reminding of that covenant. I'm not going to flood the earth for man's sake anymore. Because man is wicked. The heart of men are wicked. So I'm not going to destroy the earth no more. What did God do? Make a promise. Today you are, you, are, you are living in that promise because thank God he didn't flood it because we'd all be dead. Thank God he didn't do like he did in the days of Noah because there wouldn't be a, a human being on this planet alive. Because he kept his word, right? He kept his word that he wouldn't do it. Okay? Now watch this. That I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you for the mountains shall depart, and the hills shall be removed. But my kindness, or my love, or my compassion for you shall not depart from you. I hear you what he said? It don't Listen, the earth might fade away, the mountains might vanish. I mean, everything, but my word is not going to depart. Because the promise I made unto you sticks. Right? Listen, the other day I was doing my bathroom. I was trying to put the little... You know those stick trays you put on the side where you can put your soap and stuff? Yeah, boogers never want to stick, man. <laughs> I said, I kept putting tape and stuff. But after a while, you know, I got to say, well, it don't work. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Listen, we try to do some things sometimes, and we try to stick to God, and it ain't, it ain't the right sticking. Right? How many remember the word that I used the other day? You know, you know what the problem we, uh, with us is? Us Uses is the problem. You ain't going to find that in a dictionary because that, that ain't a word. I heard a, a brother say the other day, he was using some fancy words. He said, so many people are braggadocious. I said, what the heck is a braggadocious? <laughs> Come on. They stuck bragging all the time. Me, me, me. Look at me. Look how great I am. You ain't nothing. No, I ain't nothing. <laughs> Without the Lord. <laughs> I said, a braggadocious. Sound like a Disney show or something. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) but he says here, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. I like that verse. I was sharing that with Sister Janice this morning. Did you hear what God said? Somebody, did you hear what God said? My covenant will never depart from you. My promises will never leave you. My peace is always there. Now listen, you know, I, you know I, let me see this right, because as I was growing and learning, this very church, okay, I heard some good preaching, really, and I heard some, some tough, tough stuff, but as a young Christian, I was learning, okay, and like I said, I was so sensitive at that time, still am, but I, I mean, I, I didn't want to offend God. You get what I'm saying I was my, my, what I was doing was that I was looking at my actions and seeing well if if I do this right way and I do it that way and I do it this way, then I surely would have God's blessings. There's some truth to that, but there's also some error to it because I, every time I mess up, I will lose the peace. You get what I'm saying? I told you all one time. I didn't even want to eat devil food cookies because the devil was on it. Hallelujah. It's funny, but it was, it was just where I was at. Seriously, I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to please God. Thank God I got delivered of that. Man, I love devil food cookies. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that we, was, I was so sensitive. I was so scared to offend God. Because, you know, I've heard he's a God of consuming fire. He's a, he's a God of judgment. And, all, all, and that was all true. That's not what I'm, I'm not trying to take away. But when it comes down to, I was, I was leaning more on that than on peace. If I walked around all the time thinking God wanted to smack me and send me to hell just because I, I looked at somebody cross-eyed. Let me tell you something. I'd have been there a long time ago, right? Listen, I'm telling you. I'd have been there a long time ago because I hadn't understood what God really wanted. Said, when you're unfaithful, I'm still faithful. Come on, somebody. When you, when you mess up like we call it or sin like we should call it, God's still faithful. Are you listening to me this morning? I said, God is still faithful when you, don't come, when you fall short. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When, when God is faithful, no matter what you do. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God is faithful no matter what you do. Of course, you can't stay in rebellion. That's not what I'm talking about. Because some people get the misconception that I'm saying, well, you can sin all you want. No matter what, God's going to do what he's got to do and give you good. No, he won't. But if you come back and acknowledge his grace, he has the same promises that you left. Because he never changes. We change, right? Man, Hallelujah. I'm gonna lose wind preaching this. <laughs> Hallelujah! I sat down at my other table and I was thinking about that. I said, "God, how good are you? I mean, what, what is your goodness, your faithfulness like? I mean, it surpasses anything I can ever figure out." When He said, "God so loved the world," why well, says He loved, God loves us. It's more than that. God so loved the world that He was faithful to you. Sending his only begotten son and giving his life on the cross when you should have been the one on that cross. How how, how hard is this to understand? What what does Jesus dying on the cross mean to you? It's the promise that God made from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. When he told uh, the the serpent, the woman, you're going to bruise her heel, but he's going to bruise your head. That was a prophecy of the coming of Jesus. That was going to die for the sins of the world. God made a covenant and he kept his word. I don't know about you, but I can't stand to break my word. Not just me, okay? When I know I said something or said I would do something and I don't do it, it bothers me. It bothers me a lot. Because your word used to be the best thing you had. Men used to live, now you got contracts and stuff you sign and stuff. But at one time, a shake of somebody's hand was good enough. Because men's characters were different. Not all of them, but they still had some good men that that, that believed in a, a handshake would do would seal something. But Jesus gave both hands. <laughs> Come on. Huh? Jesus stretched them out. And he made a covenant with the Father. He said, is this finished? I'll, I'll pay the price. There's nothing else that can be done. How faithful is God? How, how, how do you... How do you accept that God's faithfulness in your life? I'm going to shock you. God's faithfulness is not just because you're a good person. Come on, somebody. I mean, I I believe in living right, holy. I believe without holiness, no man shall see God. That's what I'm talking about. He made a promise to those who would believe. And that promise has never changed. Never. But Lenny, I feel I feel sometimes so far from the Lord. It's never changed. Now people will take this message and they say, "Why well, he's talking? That's not I'm, well, I'm not talking one saved, all saved. All that junk. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's promise and God's faithfulness and what He said, right? Hallelujah! Praise God! Let me read some more to you. You don't have to turn. Let me just go ahead and read it. The Lord spoke in Genesis 28, 15. He said, Behold, I am with you. What did he say? I'm with you. I will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will never leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. My God. I want to ask you a question personal, okay? Has God ever promised you anything? Has he ever said he would do something for you? He said, it's going to get done. See, the thing that hinders his doing it is our rebellion. See, we lose heart sometimes. We lose lose courage. You know, it takes courage to be a Christian. You hear what I'm saying? A believer is somebody that says, I'm going to stand with Jesus no matter what the rest of the world is going to believe, right? Right? And you got to look at the world, and the world says, well, yeah, but you, you ain't, you know, and they'll, they'll call you all kind of names, and they'll, and they'll put, they it says, we're having fun. We, we, we're doing everything we want to do. And they'll push that all in your face. And you have to say, well, you know what? I love Jesus. Jesus has made a promise to me. His word is not going to change. One day I'm going to be with him. Where will you be? My Lord, I hope you're hearing <laughs> that. One day the, the Lord's coming back. <laughs> My God, I'm thinking about, I can't look for that day when he's going to come to get his church. And we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. You know who made that promise? The Holy Ghost. Jesus made that promise. That one day he's coming back because he said so. You know, there's not a, there's not a promise in His book that's, that God's promised that has not been fulfilled. Everything he promises, there. He has not lied to man. He told him exactly what he would do. And he has done it. But I like the end of that verse when he says this. He says, I have, until I have done. Let me, let me, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. What a comforting word, huh? God is not going to leave you until he has done what He's spoken to you right? God is good. Deuteronomy, and then you don't have to turn down, i read it to you. Chapter 7, verse 8, and I want to see about verse 9, really. Therefore, the Lord, knows your, the Lord knows your God. He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenants and mercy for thousands of generations. How many? Thousands, thousands of generations. He made a covenant with you, and it's going to be kept for thousands of generations. He not, he's not going to do without keeping his word. You hear what I'm saying? If he said it, that seals it. It's done. You can put it in the bank. You can do whatever you want with it. If God has said something to you, he promised you something. Now watch. Huh? Listen, when you're praying for someone, it might be a, a wife or a husband or children or a job, or whatever, that's something God can honor by his word, right? The Bible says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that I'll do. So if that prayer is in line with God's word, he'll do it. He'll do it because he says he wants to supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Right? God has made it very clear that he wants to bless you. He's made it very clear that if you call upon him, he'll bless you. I didn't promise you that. I didn't promise you, God promised you that, right? So if you say, but lady, you said the Bible said, well, that's what it says. I didn't say anything. I'm just reading you the scriptures, right? I had one little fella, oh, you backslid on God bad. And boy was making all kind of excuses. I said, the Bible says, <laughs> he got mad. At me. That, the Bible says, that evil servant that said in his heart, my Lord delayed his coming. And begin to eat and drink with the drunkards, And begin to be the maid and man's service. The Lord's going to come an hour when he's looking not for him. Right? Like, be, it's put him in a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Look, he said, you, 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 that's your interpretation. I said, I'm not interpreting. I'm reading you the scriptures. That's just what it says. <laughs> I ain't got mad. <laughs> I said, I'm not interpreting anything. I'm just reading you the scriptures. Why did he get so mad? Because you might be one of those that's going to be set aside for whether it be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And God is not happy with sin. God's will is that you don't sin, right? Let me tell you something before we close. Today. A, few, a few more minutes. I can back play my life a lot. I was doing it the other day. I said, Lord, how could I have done that? How could I have said that? What was I thinking? And I have to remind myself, I've been forgiven. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I have been forgiven. I said, I have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. In heaven, it's not written against you. There's nothing in heaven that could charge you with anything. The past is... Listen, I, I was telling you all a while back, and it's so true now. There's something... I was looking at the picture of me and Janice when we got married. Your Lord spoke to me. He said, That ain't you, Lanny. <laughs> so that person died. <laughs> Come on. That evil man died. That person that was committing no sins died. I am not the same person anymore, y'all. You're not the same person anymore. You died to this world, you died to sin. Now you're born again. And the promise of God and his goodness leads all men to repentance. That's what it says in the scriptures. The goodness of God leads every, all men to repentance. There's not a person in this world that God wants to send to hell. You hear what I'm saying? Because he promised if you would come to him and repent and give your life to him, he would save you now. He's not going to wait a month. He's not going to wait 10 years. He's not going to wait 50 years. Now, Today. Is the day of salvation? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost today. Is the day you're saved? Now is the time to go to heaven. Today is the time to to, to claim God's promises. God's faithful word never fails. It's like you'll hear me say that many times. It's settled in heaven. <laughs> it's not going to change. <laughs> Listen, I told somebody that if I'd have wrote this Bible, Chucky, I'd have made it a lot different. I'd have made compromise and make it easy, you know what I'm saying? Where people could fill up the church with a lot of money, <laughs> money and, wait, no, money and, and, and sinf- sinners and, and everybody would be okay. But unfortunately, I didn't write it. You know, I've gotten so much flab from people just for saying the Bible said it. <laughs> wait a minute now. <laughs> you ever saw a rooster, two roosters want to fight? Huh? When them little, (laughs) wait, you got (laughs) chickens? Them little feathers come up? (laughs) You know, there's a time, one time when I was young, and I I think about the rooster, stepbrother Jimmy. (laughs) Listen, if I want a good laugh, I just go back to that time. He was getting out of his vehicle, and man, a chicken came after him, bro. That chicken was attacking him. And Jimmy had his fist up, and he was going. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I ever saw in my life. Hey, hey, look, it was life or death, bro. I mean, you would think that chicken was. Oh, he was swinging his fist. I mean, oh, man, the chicken in him was going out. The chicken kept coming out. He was. <laughs> I said, man, I wish I'd, I wish I'd had YouTube. Then. <laughs> Listen, I'd have been rich what you call that thing on the funny videos oh $10,000 in the bag (laughs) you know how they win him $10,000 I said man but anyway don't let me get off track (laughs) why do we get so angry or, 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 or the sinners get so angry when you say God says I went the other day, just next door, and I was passing them some, giving some Bibles. I was trying. And one lady says, well, I'm a lesbian. I've been a lesbian for 10 years. I was a lesbian. I said, the Bible calls it sin. That didn't go too well. I don't get invited much. More. I said, that I gave them a Bible. That, Bible. that Bible that you got in your hand calls it sin. But she could be saved, right? All of her lesbianism could be forgiven. Every second of it, if she'd only turn to Jesus, because God promised that. I'm almost finished, you oh, God. And I was just, like I said, sitting on my my, my, my my counter, and these things were playing in my mind. I said, God, I'm sorry. I, I don't quite understand the full goodness. He said, I'm asked, you don't ask us to understand it. Just believe it. If he said it, that settles it, Right? It doesn't, it doesn't change because I say so, or you say so, or anybody. Say, it's still God's word. Amen. Let me read some more to you, and, and y'all just listen to me for a minute, okay? And Joshua 3, 23, 14 says that, Behold, this day, talking about Joshua, uh, after he's taken over from Moses. This day I'm going the way of all the earth. God's saying, I'm looking. I'm seeing. I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the earth. Um, I see men's hearts, right? You think God's saying that today? Oh, yes, He is. He's looking at America, and He's saying America's full of sin. Darkness is coming to this land. Wickedness is coming to this land. I'm telling you right. Because of His covenant He made with Noah, that's the only reason He don't drown this earth again. Because He kept His word, right? You remember when uh, Abraham? Uh, the angels appeared to Abraham. If you had read the book of Genesis, you'll find out three angels came to Abraham and he was going to tell Abraham that were going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and all the cities along the, the Dead Sea. And Abraham remembered lot was in the city. So Abraham started making a plea. He said, Lord, if you'll find 50 righteous, will you destroy the place, not spare it for the 50? He so said, if I can find 50, I won't destroy it. If you read the story, you found he went all the way down to 10, Abraham begging with the Lord. He said, if you find 10, will you destroy? He said, if I find 10, I'll spare the city for the ten sake. I personally believe as bad as New Orleans is, San Francisco, New York, there's more than 10 righteous people in those places, right? I believe there's a lot of them. I believe there's a lot of Christians in New Orleans. I believe there's a lot of Christians in all these places. And that's the only reason God ain't destroyed it yet. Now, people say, well, you you may. No, I'm not. I'm going back to what Abraham was doing. If I could find 10 righteous. Could God be sparing America for the righteous sake? There's more than 10 in here, right? (laughs) Could God be sparing Louisiana for the righteous sake? Because his word still stands, Right? He doesn't lie. The goodness of God is what's saving America today. But after a while, it's going to run out. The church is going to go. There won't be, you know, churches like we see today, like this little church, and a lot of churches, people preaching the gospel. Of course, the Holy Ghost is going to be saving people during during the tribulation period. But I'm talking about why, when when the, the church is caught up, everybody in America and the world is going to be unsaved. Because all the saints are going to meet the Lord. So the Holy Ghost is going to come back down and start reaching out again. And people are going to get saved. You get what I'm saying? There won't be one Christian left on this planet when the rapture happens. Not one. Because those that trust in him. There will be some uh, professing Christians. Those that think they knew God. Listen, I don't want to gamble with my soul. You hear what I'm saying? My soul is too important to gamble with. I have to make sure Lanny is right with the Lord. I have to make sure I'm holding on to his faithfulness. And what he promises, he says, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. And to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, right? That's the promise. I got to stand on that word, Right? I can't stand on some, uh, uh, somebody, somebody's word because I, uh, I went to a certain church and I was baptized in a certain name and I did a first, dressed a certain way. That ain't going to do it. It's what Jesus promised me 2,000 years ago. What the Holy Ghost is promising me today. If I would serve him, he'd bless me. And one day I'm going to be with Jesus, right? I'm 60 years old. And getting, if the Lord don't come, he's getting closer and closer. <laughs> I said to myself, I say, Lord... If I can live to 100, I might not make it. I might only have 30 years left. I might have 10 years left. I might have five days left. But I know I'm getting closer. Every day Jesus doesn't come back, the closer I am to heaven. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And I got to make sure right now, more than anything, that I'm serving the Lord. Hallelujah. And you too. We're getting close. I lived over half a century. You too, Chucky. <laughs> you too, Ray. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I thought about 60 years, man. I've been on this planet. I'm glad I had 60 years. I'd like to have a few more, but I don't know. But I'm going to die with Jesus, though. You hear what I'm saying? I'm going to die with the faithfulness of God. And what he said. Hallelujah. Am I getting to you? (laughs) Is he getting hallelujah he says this let me read that verse to you again behold this day I am going the way of all the earth the Lord's going he's checking everything out he's, he's examining and you know in all your hearts and all your souls that no one thing has failed of the good things which the Lord God has promised right Man, listen to this Or the Lord God has spoken. No, nothing has vanished. Everything I said is coming. All the good I promised is coming. It's there. I'm going to tell you something. That's what I live by, okay? I still got some flesh I got to kill once in a while. A lot of walls. (laughs) And you know what? But I realized something. That's something I did grab a hold of in my life. I realized that God's word is the only thing that is sure. They had a man back about 200 years ago. He said, he, he was living in England somewhere. He said, you know what? I'm going to wipe out the Bible from the earth. Oh, yeah. Big man. Oh, yeah. He was, was going to abolish every Bible. He was going to make sure the Bible. Now, they're printing Bibles in his house. <laughs> I'm not, the house he lived in, they're printing Bibles out of don't tell the God. Don't you dare speak to God. and tell him what you, You're going to abolish every Bible. They've been trying that for thousands of years, man. It's still there. Hitler's dead. The Bible's still here. The Roman leaders, the, uh, all these people, they're all gone. People that were supposed to abolish Christianity, gone. What are you holding today? Huh? The promise of God. <laughs> Man, i tell you, I feel the Holy Ghost. What are you holding today? Thousands of years of tests and trials this book has been through. Men have come against it. They've burned it. They killed Christians that would publish it and, and translate it into English. You, you got to read all that stuff, man. We ain't going to have Jesus rule over us. My Bible says every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. One more verse, okay? If you come to my house, I have this verse on the wall. Well, it's actually it's quoted a couple of times in Psalms, chapter thirty-six, verse five of the Book of Psalms. Your mercy, O Lord. You want to pray? Learn how to pray. Pray like that. Listen, when you get on your knees, say, your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Thank God. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to sing. Your mercy, O Lord, reaches unto the heavens. Come on. And your faithfulness unto the clouds. Because God is faithful. His word is faithful, Sister Madeline. Mom, this book has proved have been through the test of fire, and everyone that's tried to shut it down is in hell today. and but this is still here. You're looking at really you're looking at six, thousand years at least six, thousand years of word that hasn't diminished. It's still there. and if you want to believe it you can have whatever this book promises, right? It's not about joining a church, really. It's not about joining a religion or say, I'm a this and I'm a that. You know, I'm a close, but you know the reason why we got denominations is because we, we, we couldn't agree on some truth. The word denomination comes from, the, we get the word denominator. You ever did math in school where you had to find a common denominator? Well, we took in Jesus as a, you know, the Baptists believe Jesus died on the cross. The Catholics believe Jesus died on the cross. The, the Protestants believe Jesus. We all got that common denominator, but you cannot put, <laughs> I tell people that, you cannot put seven into 12. You can put it, but it won't come out, it won't, it won't come out even. You you put seven into 14 two times, but you can't put seven into 12 two times, right? Because we took in a common denominator and we tried to put in an even number. And that's why you got denominations. They're coming up with new doctrines. They're coming up with new theories. There's only one theory. And it's God's word. As a Christian, you have the responsibility to learn God's faithfulness. As a Christian, you have the responsibility to learn God's word. You come to church here, and I can only give you a little bit from what I know. But I know one thing. You have to go in that book and you have to find out what, you, what your promise is. See, don't look to the preacher to give it to you because he might be wrong. I might be wrong, okay? The only way you can judge if I'm wrong or not is that you have that book, right? If if, if I'm wrong, come show me. Come on, somebody. How easy is that? Really? I mean, if I'm wrong or any preacher is wrong and I'm saying something that doesn't line up with God's covenant, you, you have the responsibility to come share it. Now, don't take one verse, though, because a lot of people that take one verse and throw it out of context. You, they've been doing that for years. But I can tell you this for sure. The promises of God are sure. The Word of God is sure. And this Word will not change, right? Yes. Hallelujah. I want to sing a song, okay? Can I do that? It's alright, i yeah. <laughs> Pick on EVE. <Yvette. laughs> oh. If I ask you, uh, what is your faith? Well, a lot of you say, well, I gave Jesus my heart and life. Is that, also, is that all you know about it? Really? If I say, well, I, I came to Jesus and I, I got born again. Okay, that's great. But how much of that born again experience do you know? How much do you understand what God has done for you? I had a pick somewhere right here. I love this song because... My foundation is Jesus. Listen, y'all, let's come out among this world and be separated. <laughs> There's a crimson river flowing down the cross where Jesus died. It's flowing down the mountains Through the valley, deep and wide, it's a poem to heal all nations, reservoir of love. I'm talking about my Savior's precious blood. He came down from his throne in glory, God in man, yet flesh divine. Walking among us pure and holy, the slam, he did shine. He came for man's redemption in a heart of perfect love. Talking about my Savior's precious blood. I'm talking about my Savior's precious blood. He will comfort and protect you in your midnight hours alone. He will save your weary children and restore your broken home. Fly your spirit out of prison. about my Savior's precious blood Talking about my Savior's precious blood. I'm talking about my Savior's precious blood.